If the pandemic has taught us anything, it's that it's impossible to predict the future. You may be a brilliant executive, but you can't know for sure what will come your way. Technology is always evolving, with artificial intelligence and automation set to impact workforces in ways we don't yet understand. Employees will want to do work differently tomorrow than they do today, too. Everything about the world around us is rapidly changing. Instead of betting on a particular outcome, leaders must develop innovative perspectives that can get them through a variety of situations. I'm Brian Borsakowski, and welcome to The Social Enterprise in Canada, a podcast by Deloitte. In our final episode, we dive into the third major trend found in Deloitte's 2020 Human Capital Trends Report, perspective. We look at how leaders must think boldly, use the tidal wave of data they now have access to to help their staff thrive, and develop scenarios so that they can be prepared for anything. To help us understand perspective, we have David Brown, Global Leader for Workforce Transformation at Deloitte, and Kathy Woods, Canadian Leader for Workforce Transformation at Deloitte. Thank you both for being here. It's great to be here, Brian. Thanks for having us. Yes, and thank you. Uh, from sunny Sydney, it's great to be joining uh, Kathy in Toronto. <laughs> I'm glad we can all do this virtually today. That's one of the benefits of all of us being at home, perhaps. One of the uh, main themes of this podcast, of, of this series, is uncertainty. And I'm just wondering, how can executives plan for the future when everything is just so uncertain right now? Yeah, I think about the fact that perhaps flipping the question on its head a bit and saying, instead of trying to plan for the future and getting everything accurate, I think there's also the need to start to build the leader's muscle and the muscle of his or her leaders and others in the organization mm -hmm. to be comfortable and confident with that uncertainty, to actually start to shift so that leaders realize their job is not to be right all the time. Their job is to be able to adapt. It is to be able to adjust. And when things don't go according to plan, to be comfortable and confident with that uncertainty. So I think that that's really fundamental as we think about not only the times we're in now, but how, how they're likely going to unfold going forward. Mm. One of the main trends that the Deloitte Human Capital Report talks about is perspective. That word can mean a lot of things to a lot of different people. And how would you, Kathy, describe perspective? What does it mean in a human resources context? Yeah, I mean, that's an interesting one. I mean, I think that I would connect it back a little bit to what I was just saying about the comfort with uncertainty and ambiguity and the ability to, to be bold in that context. And so, you know, in the, in the context of the way we've talked about it here, we've talked about the fact that technology and the changes in technology create a lot of uncertainty for our organizations, for our people, for individuals. And we've talked about how executives and leaders and each of us needs to be bold and that that's a dilemma, that's a dichotomy that it creates. And so the concept is to have this sense of perspective that it is about trying new things. It is about recognizing that we do not have to be right with everything we try. It, it connects with this concept of being willing to actually fail, if we dare use that word. Try things, try them quickly. If they don't work, be willing to move on. It's really about shifting that perspective that we have on our roles, that we have on what we're here to do, and on what it means to be bold and to try new things and to move into the future with that comfort that actually uncertainty is, 
is part of the new norm and, and it's good and it's it's okay. Yeah, I'd build on that. I, I think that it's also important to have a global role. So I look at perspective from the perspective of the geographic context. So I am based in, in, in Asia and you know, perspective in Asia around aspects of workforce has much more of a we cultural context versus an I context, which we see a little more in the Western world. So that has significant implications for the way in which one approaches how you're leading and managing a workforce. So I think that's important. The other thing that I think in perspective is helpful is to think of it through a time, you know, look forward, look back. And so as one is looking forward, you're looking to what can we learn from organisations that might be a little further along the journey than us and therefore how some of, might some of those situations be helpful and look back and say, look, are there, uh, uh, have we been through this or have we seen something like this in the past and how can that help it to shape the context uh, and our perspective uh, on the way we think about things? You make it sound so easy, but people generally are afraid of failure. They're afraid of thinking big in a lot of contexts in a lot of different ways. And and so what advice would you have for someone who needs to think outside of the box? How do you actually generate new ideas around HR that you can take to your executives, or maybe you're an executive thinking about this, that you really can push forward? I think it picks up on a lot of the things we were just mentioning. So David's point about the we, I mean, that's a big part of it. Recognizing that if we're going to generate new ideas, if we're going to really think outside the box, we, we need to tap into different sources. Those sources need to be in our organization and they also need to be outside of our organization. I think David talked about the time continuum. So I think that that's the same thing. The other thing I would add though, is that your perspective needs to be broad. And that is key for generating these ideas. It's about learning how to sense what's going on, how to keep your finger on the pulse, your ear to the ground, whichever you know saying you want to put against this, so that there's this constant flow of new thinking and new ideas. That does require shifting the culture and shifting the way you reward people to realize that you can't have the not invented here uh, mindset. It, it really is about being expansive in the way you approach the new ideas, the problems, and the issues, bringing mm. in data, bringing in technology. Kathy and I are both part of a global network. And one of the joys I find is when we're having those meetings and we've got representation from all around the world, the different perspectives that people bring, uh, it, there are a couple of things that happen. It does, it pushes you to go, hey, things are going on that are different, uh, and that just pushes one's thinking. So I would say to any business leader, make sure that you are really broadening your network of, of connectivity. Um, the other thing that I think it does, it also helps normalize. Um, because sometimes I think as leaders, the, the anxiety levels can go, up. But when you start to hear that there are similar things happening in other organizational contexts, it can normalize it. And I think that helps to sort of calm one as they're thinking about how do I take things on. And I'm going to build one more time on this because I think 
you know, how can we be at the end of 2020 or late 2020 without saying something about COVID? And so let's look at the opportunity it has created because it has built a level of global connectivity that we've never had before and the ability to access resources and ideas and thinking and colleagues globally or in areas that we've never accessed them before. To the extent that we can can use that even more to do the kinds of things that David talked about, I think we need to recognize we're we're in a in a unique moment to do that. Another point in the report around uncertainty is talking about scenario planning and no one can predict the future, so planning different scenarios to tackle all the problems that could come your way. Um, David, is, is scenario planning, does that come naturally to leaders and, and how do they do that? Uh, yeah, no, look, I, I, I don't think it, it comes naturally. And so forcing oneself to think through the different scenarios, uh, certainly if we take the black swan event of COVID, nobody was predicting that there are very small percentages of organizations. Again, back in the research, when we were asking organizations who was ready, less than 25% of organizations were saying that they were ready for this type of an event. So um, it doesn't come naturally on that. And so how we encourage organizations to be thinking a little bit more about that. There are two tectonic plates as I think about it coming together. There are all the technology changes that are rapidly changing the way we think about the future of work. And then there are all the demographic changes. And I think the scenario planning that we encourage leaders to be thinking about is what are the combinations of things that are happening that we see between how the tech edge and the human edge are coming together and the changes that are happening around that. I don't think it comes naturally. And I think, you know, it kind of goes back to that desire to have the right answer. And and so, however, pushing people to think about those different scenarios also goes back to that concept of bringing in perspective. What I also think people need to understand with scenario planning is it's actually not even about getting one right scenario at the end of the day. It's more about getting yourself prepared to be able to move in a number of different directions and to be able to recognize things early that are leading you down a certain path. And so the scenarios in and of themselves, I mean, ideally, yes, one exactly unfolds. That's the one that you were expecting. You can, you know, manage to it and put in in place your action plan, but probability of that happening is pretty low. So really it's about pieces of each of those scenarios coming true and and how do you actually pull on all of those pieces? And that goes back to the uncertainty, the perspectives and the ability to be much more adaptable and agile in the moment. I think we're also fortunate in that technology is helping us increasingly with scenario planning. So there are, whether one is looking at uh, technologies around social network analysis uh, or, or looking at the impact that technology will have on different jobs, uh, the way learning platforms and social media are moving, the, the, those technologies actually help in modeling scenarios. So w we have a, a workforce modeling frame um, that we call photo, which is to help a client think through and take a picture of the impacts 
that different scenarios of technologies and the and the interaction of that with different types of work. So those those technologies, I would I would encourage leaders to take advantage of the scenario planning tools uh, that are out there, which certainly would help in this. What about data? I know that uh, analytics and data have really found a place in human capital management over the last couple of years, maybe a little bit, a little bit longer. And um, Kathy, maybe talk a bit about where does data factor into this and how are human resource departments and executives using this for scenario planning and just to help with that uncertainty in the future? Sure. I mean, I think that's a big part of the angle of technology that David was just talking about. But we we have so much data available and we have the capability to analyze it so quickly to use AI, machine learning to develop predictive models that we can use that data to start to determine, are we going in one direction or another? Which capabilities are we going to need more of in the future? How do we build those capabilities? Now, I think there are some watchouts when it comes to data and analytics that we want to think about, but certainly there's a, a lot that we need to be doing it with it, particularly as it relates to the, the scenario planning that you just talked about. David, I don't know what you build on yeah, that. Yeah, no, I'd build, I, absolutely. I, one, and just sort of, I guess, picking up on, on the danger, because we're, we're actually not wanting for data at the moment. We've got more of that now and increasingly than we know what to do with. And so helping organizations to be clear what it is that you want to use that data for. So how clear are you on the value drivers that sit within your organization? And then then thinking about the data sets that are available to you to try and sort of pull that together. Because we just see organizations who just are swimming in a sea of data and really not using it effectively uh, for, for for the right outcomes. What does that look like if they're doing it right? What are they using data to measure that is helping them gain that perspective? I think it's really important to zero in on measuring and using the data to measure the right things. I have a client in the financial services industry, one of the big banks, where there have been major cultural challenges with respect to conduct. And rather than take and use data for the entire workforce, they decided that they would zero in on leader behavior on the premise that the length of the leader shadow is a marker of what will follow. And so in their context, they really refined the data sets that they wanted on what leaders were doing, where they were spending their time, Uh, who they were networking with, how they were answering questions with. And and they used data in terms of sentiment analysis, uh, in terms of where they were spending their time to to really track that in a very targeted way. Uh, So that would be an example of, I think, of of measuring, going after the right things uh, in, in a concerted way thinking outside of the box and scenario planning and gaining these new perspectives, I would imagine for some companies is a bit of a cultural shift. How can workplaces sustain that kind of culture where they are thinking ahead and thinking boldly, not just right now during COVID or during uncertain times, but for years to come? Kathy? I think the the place you really need to start is by by actually being very deliberate about the culture that you want to create. And 
if that culture that you want to create is in fact about generating new ideas, staying ahead, being innovative, being open, being confident in, in uncertainty, having that perspective, then the leaders really need to define that, be deliberate about it, engage the organization broadly to do that. I think there are a couple of things that need to happen around it. One is connect the concept of that culture to a sense of purpose, because we know that people, humans will, will act and behave in a way that, that is, a, if there's a sense of purpose, a sense of meaning for, for them in what they're doing, then they will automatically move towards that work in that way, do those things. So if you can connect your culture to some underlying purpose, and that's why you're using the new ideas, that's why it's okay to try new things, that's really a big part of it. And then, as I said a, a minute ago, I think the the other thing is that deliberate action to actually start to build the culture. I was just speaking with the head of HR at a big agriculture products organization, and they fairly recently went through an integration of a, a couple of major companies and created a new one. And he was talking about how they had very deliberately, right after the integration, sat down and talked about what they wanted their culture to be, how they were going to define the values, how that should unfold in terms of behaviors and leadership actions. And then from there, brought it to life. And, and he was, this happened only just a couple of years ago. So it's still relatively new. If you think about how long it takes to create work, workplace culture. And he was talking about how valuable that had been and how frankly relieved he was that they'd done that given what we're going through now and, and how, how it had really stood them in good stead. So being deliberate about it in the first place, connecting it to something that's meaningful for people, and then actually thinking through all of the pieces that will sustain culture, leadership, the processes that you have in place, how you reward people, and spending time on it. This is our last podcast of the three episodes. We've talked about purpose, potential, and we've talked about perspective. I, I wonder what is the risk for companies who don't follow those three Ps, who may not be thinking about the changing workplace of the future? Well, look, I, I, they're clearly going to continue to fall behind because talent is becoming increasingly challenging to find, to organize, and to activate. And if you're not able to do that effectively, and other organizations are doing it better, very simply, you're not going to get your fair share of the talent base that is out there. I 100% agree with that. And I would also say you're not going to get your fair share of the customers, whatever that looks mm. like in your industry. Mm. So what applies to the people you attract to your organization and get to be faithful and productive and so on similarly applies to the customers that you attract to the organization. I mean, that's a big question. What's the risk? But it is risking that you become irrelevant. And if I could just close, one of the catch line that is really important to us at Deloitte in the human capital arena is that we're, we're really about helping to make people better at work and work better for humans. And I think 
what we've been talking about is how do you get that right balance of creating the right social enterprise where work is much better for humans and at the same time create the right levels of productivity on making people better at work. That was David Brown, Global Leader for Workforce Transformation at Deloitte, and Kathy Woods, Canadian Leader for Workforce Transformation at Deloitte. Now that you've listened to all three Human Capital Trends podcasts, it's time to think carefully about how to incorporate wellness, resilience, and bold thinking into your workplace. These are big ideas that require planning and collaboration, but start diving into these trends now and you'll be that much better prepared for the future. For more detail on all of these ideas, read Deloitte's 2020 Human Capital Trends Report, which can be found on its website. I'm Brian Borzakowski. Thank you for listening to The Social Enterprise in Canada, a podcast from Deloitte's.